Hi, I'm Adewale Adejumo. I build businesses and I also teach people how to take control of their lives. You are listening to the Happy Like Buddha podcast where I'll be bringing you some of the best personal growth mentors and entrepreneurs on the planet and they will be sharing the best ideas on personal growth for mind, body, spirit and work. You will love today's topic because my guests and I are going to be talking about how to be you without succumbing to society's pressures and being empathetic towards others. You will feel empowered after today's talk. My guest is an author and entrepreneur. A book, Questions, Christ, and the Quarter Life Crisis can be found on Amazon.com. She's also an advocate for mental health awareness and the pursuit of personal growth to embracing authenticity increasing insights and spreading empowerment. My friends, please meet Morgan Richard Olivia. Welcome, Hi. Morgan. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming to Applack Buddha to share your thoughts. <laughs> so <laughs> Morgan, I've been on your social media pages and I've been on your website and there's a slogan that I keep seeing, which is empowering through empathy. Can you mm-hmm. just explain to me what that means? Yeah, so, you know, I think, especially with the world and the state that it is, so many people can point the fingers and, you know, say it's a different country or different types of people that are the problem. But honestly, in my heart, I feel like the biggest problem in this world is the lack of empathy, the lack of being able to put yourself in someone else's shoes, to understand others, to listen to others. And whenever we can exercise empathy, we can not only empower people, but also empower ourselves. You know, there are so many people out there. And as you were saying, you know, I talk a lot about mental health, spiritual health, personal growth. And what comes with that is understanding who you are and who you're not. And also being under, being able to understand another person and where they are in their journey. Okay. And Mm -hmm. you know, if, how, how, how would someone who is not a natural em- like empath show empathy mm-hmm. towards someone else? Like, how do you even start that process? I think the first thing that would really help is to actually listen to another person. You know, so many people listen and they quickly want to give their advice or their opinion because in their mind or in their experience, they're right, or they know the best way. But oftentimes you have to listen and understand that we are all different people. We come from different backgrounds, religions, environments. We've, you know, had different experiences. And if we can understand that when listening to someone, even someone that is angry or in a state of mind that may not even be rational at that point, it's a lot easier to get through whatever situation you or that person is going through and also see things through a lens of being able to help another person because you can identify with them. Okay. Guys, before we carry on, I just want to just let you guys know where you can find um, Morgan. If you guys are on social media, you can find her on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest at Morgan Richard Olivia. Yes, she's Morgan, Morgan Richard Olivia everywhere. <laughs> okay. All right. Yes. <laughs> Morgan. Yes, I, all my all my stuff has uh, modern Morgan, so I keep it pretty simple. <laughs> exactly. Are you also on LinkedIn by any chance? Yeah, I actually am. I need to update that as you say that, um, but I do have a LinkedIn. Yes. All right. So, guys, you can find it on LinkedIn as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, 
what are the ways which a person can learn to be themselves and also live more happily? Um, because one of the things that a lot of people are doing or they feel like they're doing is that they are, they are being themselves and they're living their own lives. And, you know, but yet so many people are unhappy. They are suffering. Um, they got, they have worries. People are just not doing this whole life thing very, very well. And right. you are an advocate for, for, um, for, for mental wealth, sorry, for mental health and for, and also against anxiety, against depression. Can you just share with me your thoughts on how a person can be themselves and live a more happier life? Uh, well, from my experience, and you really brushed on it, I always struggled with insecurity, anxiety, and depression. And the problem with that is a lot of times we think that we're living our, and I'm going to put best life, because we're checking things off of our to-do list, or we may accomplish goals. But we look around, we have everything, but we feel nothing. And a lot of that comes from the fact that we have to return to our actual selves at some point. We have to understand that our version of happiness and our version of success may not align with our friends, our family, and the world's version of happiness and success. And a part of, you know, growing is also outgrowing and, you know, dealing with things within you. We all have toxic traits that we have to identify and address. And I think that's something that we tend to ignore. You know, everyone wants to hear the good message of everything's going to be great. You know, what's ahead is better than what's behind. But we have to do the work. We have to see, you know, if I'm struggling with anxiety or if I'm struggling with jealousy or any other thing in life, what is triggering me to, to be this way? You know, you have to go back and to heal with things, you know, in your life, you have to deal with them. You have to be honest with yourself to not only accept who you are, but also accept who you're not. And in doing that, as you grow and as you accept yourself and as you evolve into your actual self, the burden of other people's views and opinions are minimized because you love yourself. It's not dependent on other people. And I think once you get to that point, that's when you can truly grow, when you accept your journey, whether your journey from you know, yesterday and before was horrible. You may have made horrible decisions. You know, you may have struggled mentally, physically, emotionally, financially. You have to understand that that is yesterday. You're not obligated to be that person. You're not obligated to live in that environment. You're not obligated to be around certain people. You always have the choice to do better and be better. And it's making that choice every day that, that changes your life. That's absolutely true. You know, for you to live, I've seen this, and I'm not sure if I saw this on your social media, but it, but it was something along the lines of, um, to, you, like, you need to visualize the person that you want to be and then um, show up as that person every single day. Okay. One thing you mentioned now is that you need to go back. Well, you need to, you, you, you need to go back to yourself or go back into yourself, uh, which is sort of like inferring that you need to, are you, uh, what do you mean by that? By a person needs to go back to themselves. Well, for me personally, I had, I did a lot of counseling, which I am a very big advocate for that. I always feel like if you can get something out, you can deal with it. But as long as something is hidden in your heart or in your mind, you can't heal. 
So, you know, isolation is a great thing at times, obviously not to a level to where it's dangerous, but isolating yourself and really silencing influences in the world. Like for me, I went through a very deep depression. I went through a very crazy season of my life where everything was opposite. You know, my mood was opposite, my actions, my reactions. And I found myself dealing with emotions and situations that were not only out of character for me, but they made no sense. You know, like I didn't understand how I got to this point. And a lot of that came from the fact that I did a lot of going through the motions. You know, I looked perfect. My life seemed perfect, but I had things I needed to deal with. And until you kind of hit that rock bottom sometimes for some people, you don't sit down and really listen to yourself. You know, if you're in a season where you're crying every day, you're upset, you're angry, you're holding on to regret or resentment, that's not healthy. You know, you can't, you can ignore a lot and you can fool a lot of people, but you can't fool yourself. Absolutely. You know, a mask, a mask can only be worn for so long. So, you know, when I talk about things like that, people will say, you know, well, you're being hard on yourself or you're being this. It's not that. But you have to self-assess. You know, we can't just go by looking the part, but falling apart at the same time. That, that makes no sense. No, I remember a talk by Dr. Shifali, if I'm pronouncing him cor uh, correctly, and she mentioned, and it was a, it was a it was a relationship talk. It was about relationships, and it was about people in relationships not actually nurturing their own inner child, and mm -hmm. from the time that you start being a lot more. Um, more conscious, less conscious, maybe like after the age of eight, when you start making a lot of decisions, um, you know, more using more of your conscious mind to make, to make decisions, which often leads a lot of people to live in a less conscious life. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. You start to put on, like you, like you start living your life according to masks of society, you know, like how society wants you to act and how society wants you to behave and what society wants you to want, what culture, religion, all of those things, you start putting on all these masks and you start being this person that's not really you, but the person that you think people want you to be. So when you mentioned that thing about masks just now, it just took me back there. And so for you, how did you then break out of, you know, sure, you went through therapy. What was that point for you, for you to then go, I like I've had enough or, you know, what was that point for you? Um, well, I pretty much got to a point where every aspect of my life, literally, you know, mentally, emotionally, professionally, financially, my marriage, my friendships, everything was struggling. And that was, like I said, very out of the normal for me. You know, I used to be the strong friend and I still am, you know, the strong friend, but I'm a strong friend with boundaries now. I'm a strong friend that identifies her real friends now. But when you're in that place and you're masking and you're trying to live a life that you think is expected of you, you really don't see anything, you know, outside looking in. Mm. You don't see a lot of things as they are because you're so busy trying to keep up with who you think you should be and how you think you should feel. So like you're saying, like healing your inner child and doing things like that, taking that time to really understand 
and learn myself because a lot of the things we do, I mean, it's conditioning or the people we associate with, we find ourselves at a certain point realizing, is this my friend or is this just someone that's been in my life for this long? Mm. Are these things I enjoy doing? Are these really my hobbies? Are these just things that have always been, you know, readily available to me? So you start questioning everything and you realize the person you truly are and the person you think you want to be or the person you're trying to live up to be are Absolutely. different people. Mm. Mm-hmm. Are you an advocate for gratitude and kindness and love? And, and why would you, you know, why are those things quite important for people to, to, to have those as part of your daily life? Because um, me personally, I like to wake up every morning and say what I'm thankful for. I do the same thing before I go to sleep at night. And that helps me to, well, multiple reasons, but from an anxiety and depression standpoint, it makes you focus on what you do have. Hmm. Sometimes when you're anxious, you're so fixated on the future. And when you're depressed, you're so bogged on by the past. When you can sit there and you can say, I'm so grateful for my husband. I'm so grateful for this opportunity. I'm so grateful for, you know, this and that. It really brings you to the present as well. And it keeps you humble and it keeps you grateful and connected to God in your life and everything you're trying to do. Hmm. And kindness and love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you meditate? Yes, those are definitely. Yes, yes. And I think kindness and love are, it's sad, but I feel like those should be basic things that people just, they don't extend all the time, you know? Like if you would want someone to be kind and merciful and forgiving and loving to you, shouldn't you extend that to other people? I mean, there were times that we've all fallen short. We've all, you know, failed, or we all just found ourselves in the pit. Isn't that what we wanted? Just that basic kindness and love and, you know, not fearing judgment. Why can't we just extend that to other people? Absolutely. And you know, one thing that a lot of people miss is that kindness and love, it's not just something that you have at home or with your family. It's something that you also extend out to work as well. So because as, right. um, as business owners, the people that you work with, a lot of people see them as people that working for them, you know, whereas mm-hmm. people should see them as people because, you know, they are people. They are there just to get the work done. And when people are seen more as people, you know, and kindness and love is extended, even in the workplace, people tend to be more, to be more loyal and people tend to mm-hmm. have your back more and people tend to give you more than what is asked for and often more than what is expected as well. Right. So, yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm just touching a little bit more on that love and kindness because it is absolutely something that's important. Um, for people mm-hmm. to actually, for people to not just carry at home, but to also carry through to their workplace as well. Yeah. Yes. You know. I agree. So, for someone who is not a, who is not naturally an empath, and I was accused of that uh, in my past relationship. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> you 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 have a very low EQ, and I'm pretty sure I had a very low EQ. Okay. Mm-hmm. And for, you know, for me personally, I had to do a lot of like reading, a lot of self um, and personal development, a lot of soul searching, meditation, all of those things, right? You know, what, it, what, what advice can you give to someone who is not a natural empath, just doesn't, 
been told something, but they just can't see the other person's point of view. It's just words hidden or bouncing off of them. Okay. Mm-hmm. What action can they take to become or appear more empathetic towards others? Well, again, I would definitely say, listen, don't be so quick to judge. And the thing that I always try to tell people, which always seems to hit home is change the name of the person who has the problem. I mean, it's so easy to listen to someone's issue when you're saying, you know, well, Bob has this problem or he's going through this, this or that. But how different would it be if it was Morgan? How different would it be if the people that were gossiping about you, like how would you feel if it was you? How would you feel if you were going through a certain situation or a certain pain? If you can take that person out and put yourself in there, that makes a huge difference. Now for me, I've always been an empathetic person, obviously through the years, especially through experience and counseling and really growing spiritually. I am the epitome of an empath. So my, my issue is putting boundaries and a lot of people's are to where, you know, one person might be struggling to see another person's point of view with as another person like myself, I have to put up boundaries because I will feel what you're feeling, if that makes any sense at all. Like I can't, I will leave with what you're telling me because it will weigh on me. Your weight, I will want to carry it with you. And for people like that, you have to understand always that you can't pour from an empty cup. You know, it's, it's good to love people and be kind and want to help and do all these things, but you also have to remember that you have limits as well, you know? So, I think if people would be more open about certain conversations like the ones we're having and really check ourselves where we are on this emotional intelligence spectrum, mm-hmm. I think it would go a long way. You know, just remember again, if you struggle with it, put yourself in someone else's shoes. And if you struggle to have boundaries, remember you're only so effective. I mean, you have to be healthy mm-hmm. if you want to help someone else get healthy. Mm. You know, like what I, like what I do now is, you know, like instead of, because I do thank you a lot, you know, um, when people actually talk, like even now as you, like, you know, like as you were talking, I have to keep reminding myself to just listen with my body, be present, you know, listen to the words. Um, so what I generally also do as well is I just, just list, like I just almost sort of like, how can I explain this? It's like I listen with my entire body, not just my ears. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're fully I, present. I'm fully present. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Morgan, well, your book. Okay. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to talk about this, but I want to talk about this. Questions, okay. Christ, and the quarter life crisis. Okay. Yes. Can you just give mm-hmm. me a brief what the book is about? Uh, well, the book is pretty much. Um, my testimony and tools that I use to grow mentally, spiritually, and emotionally. And I think there is something that so many of us go through, whether we're age 20 to 35, and it's kind of like what we've brushed up on, where we're deciding and seeing that who we think we are, who we think we want to be, may not align with who we were created to be. And I talk about the struggles I had you know, just different situations. And it gets very deep and very personal. But I really start off trying to help people understand that it took me being in the season where I just wanted to run away from my life. That made me 
seek God and seek understanding within myself because we all do it, right? We, we might feel overwhelmed and instead of dealing with something, we just tuck it away. We want to compartmentalize it. But with my book, I talk about the different steps I went through, depression, remorse, you know, wondering what was going on with me. Um, and then also getting into my mental health and searching what was it within me, seeking God. And, you know, I never say that um, I found God because God does not hide from us. Mm. I returned to him. And in mental and spiritual counseling, I was able to heal. I was able to forgive others, forgive myself, seek self-love, you know, and really grow unapologetically, which I think is something that we all need to do because it's so easy to look at our journey or look at a season of life and just hold ourselves there. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you could live a life 30 years and you have one bad year and that one year is the one you focus on, even though the other 29 were amazing, but you did such good things. So what I really try, yeah. So what I really try to do is change your perspective and see your life not only as a journey but as a testimony. Because if you can go through whatever you've gone through, whether it's you know mental health issues, um, prison, anything in life, if you got through it, then there's a reason. There's a greater reason, and somebody needs to hear your story. So you have to keep growing and keep healing, because the world needs to grow and the world needs to heal as well. Mm. These tools that you use, what are these tools mm -hmm. that you use personally? Well, there's a lot in the book, but in short, um, a, lot of, a lot of what I do is really focus on my motives, mm -hmm. understand and express my feelings. And these are just like basic things, but I think understanding and expressing your feelings it's more profound than most people understand because a lot of people, when you're sad or you're confused, like we're conditioned to think that being angry or being sad, like you have to hide that, like that's wrong. And I, I truly feel that's why so many people struggle with depression because it's not being released. Like I'm at a point in my life, if I feel overwhelmed or I'm just out of nowhere, because sometimes we'll do that. I just feel so heavy. I'll cry, I'll talk about it, I'll do whatever. I'm going to handle it right now. I'm not going to let it weigh on me. I'm not going to let it fester because that's when it becomes a problem. So, I mean, obviously there are so many other things that I've talked about, but just that little change right there makes a profound difference in your life because you're handling your problems as you get them. Mm. You're not letting them compound for months and years and then trying to figure out why you're drowning. You know, you're dealing with it right there and you're learning, you know, why you feel this way, even spiritually, because I mean, that's all I can have you all day on here. But anxiety and depression are mental and spiritual issues, yeah. which is why for me, I had to address it mentally, but I also had to understand and address it spiritually because you can't just solve one and just completely forget about the other. You're not going to have balance. So I, I talk about that and it's it's changed my life and I've gotten so many testimonies from people how it's really helped them in their season dealing with their issues and changing their perspective and that's really what it's all about mm, mm, mm. that that's that, that to me is basically people need to take action 
in order for them to fix whatever it is that's wrong in their lives, just sitting down and just waiting for actually not taking action. A lack of action can actually make things worse. I want to yeah. tell me a little bit more about it. Tell me a little bit more about the spirituality. How does, how do you use, how does that help you to live this happy, uh, amazing life that you live now? <laughs> yeah. Well, it sounds silly, I'm sure, but I have this thing that, you know, people call Godfidence. A lot God? of people struggle with com- Godfidence, like not confidence. Oh, Godfidence. Godfidence. Okay. And, and the reason why I feel like now more than ever, I have actual confidence and I've pushed myself to levels and I actually take good, healthy risks and I'm doing extremely well is because I realized that I have a relationship with God. I don't have this title like I used to think I had, you know, I was Catholic and that was enough. You know, I show up once a week. I'm good. Say a couple prayers. And I'm, that's obviously not a stab at Catholics. I'm just saying, because I, I go to a non-denomination church. <laughs> but the point that I'm, I'm getting at is you can have a title all day long. You can be Baptist, Catholic, Buddhist, Hindu, whatever. But if you don't have a relationship with God, if you don't talk to him, if you aren't changing, and that's a big thing, if you are talking to him and reading your word and going to church and praying, and there's no change within you, there's a problem. Because as soon as things change within you, you realize change, things are changing around you. And for a person that's always struggled with anxiety and depression, I realize like, if I want something, whether it's you know a job opportunity or just anything in life, I pray and I ask God, if this is gonna be for the, my overall good, if this is gonna bring me blessings, if this is something that you want from me, and will, you know, align me to another level of my journey. I want you to bless it. I want you to pass, you know, I want it to pass so I could walk in it. But if this is something that is going to hold me back, it's going to bring me pride and ego and, you know, hurt anything I've worked to build and hurt my relationship with you. I want you to block it. And in doing that, I don't have so much pressure because I understand it's in his hands. Of course, I'm going to do the work. I'm going to show up. I'm going to do everything I can. But in doing that, I have faith and understand that he knows me. He knows my heart. And I want what he wants for me. So if it's a part of his plan, I will get it. If it's not, I will happily move past it. And just little things like that take your anxiety away because you realize not everything is for you. And that's okay. Not everyone is for you. And that's okay. You know, I think we just, we're in this generation where we want like immediate gratification and we want so much stuff. We want all the money, all the job, all the friends, all this, all the title. For what? Some of these things will lead us to destruction, but we want them. But it makes, when you sit and think about it, it makes no sense. I want what is for me. I want what God wants for me. I want what's going to help me grow in all aspects of my life. And if it's going to hinder my growth in any way, I don't want it. I'm good with it passing me by. Mm, mm. You know what you just said now, um, anyone that's listening, it's basically, it's basically about accepting everything that's outside of you. Um, that it's like, it's like, it's like there's anything that causes worry and suffering and causes you stress. 
you just basically like accept it for whatever it is because it's it's basically it's your mind projection of like into the future or into the past and just accepting you know where you are right now you know like the um, the current presence still having your goals for the future and still able to work towards your goals but just learn to be a lot more present and be and the the um the word that I remember um, back when I used to go to church was surrender to God. Yeah. Like you know, yeah, just mm-hmm. surrender. You know, surrender. I surrender. All. <laughs> you know but that yeah, song. That's exactly that. <laughs> you know, yeah. But that's what you do. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, man. Morgan, Olivia. Richard, actually the other way around. Morgan, Richard, Olivia. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming to Apple like Buddha to share your thoughts and wisdom with Thank us. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm Adewade Dejumo, and this is the Apple like Buddha podcast. I would love to connect with you on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. On Facebook, you can find me at Adewale Adejumo. On Instagram, at Wale Adejumo and on Twitter at Wale Adejumo. If you enjoyed that episode, please subscribe to the Epilogue Builder podcast so that you do not miss new episodes we will release. And I will see you on our next episode.